so important to, you know, put time and energy into people that you love around you. And so that like when there is when you're not an athlete anymore, like what are you, you know, so you have to really make sure to spend that time in other people and like your identity in other things other than that sport this is alone. where you're meant to be. Like I know it. I've never My best self is better than every single person who's going to walk on that platform. That Gosh, man, that was, was a moment that changed my life, man. Work harder than everyone else and just keep going. Get up and do it again and again and again. journey to a better you starts right now. So one topic that is super polarizing today, especially if you're on social media, is nutrition. There's so much out there. Usually the people with the biggest followings are tied to some sort of supplement or ideology that they're benefiting from and not necessarily what's going to be the best for you. And I think my guest this week, Taylor Palm, is really qualified to talk about this because not only is she a high-level CrossFit athlete, but she is also a nutrition coach and has her master's degree in nutrition. So we touched on just how to sort through everything out there and really find what's best for you. I think if you listen to this and you take one or two things away from Taylor's routines that you can implement into your life, then that is a great start. If you can do that with all these smart people who are out there, you can implement one or two things. I think you're going to be in a really good spot. We also touched on the CrossFit game season and how she's approaching that with her team and also just um, balancing high-level athletes in relationships. So her husband, Lane, who I had on the podcast a couple of months back, is an Olympic weightlifter. She's a CrossFit athlete. So balancing that relationship and making sure they're spending enough time for themselves outside of their sport was something that I was really glad to talk about. So hope you guys enjoy this one. I'll shoot it there now. Just the more people you talk to, it's like, you kind of, and it, I think it's easy too when you see people's Instagram and it, like everything looks really well and clean. And then you kind of go back and realize they weren't always doing this. Like this was, no. this was by design. They got better at it as they moved yes. along. Exactly. You have to remember that going through every, every thing in life, really. Like it's, you don't just start off being the best at everything. So, which is, it's a hard lesson to learn, but it's good. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm sure like kind of starting your business, there was things that you really, you know, you can, you can plan and you can have like the date that you're going to launch your website and all that stuff, but things just come up, things just happen. Yes. Well, not only that, but like, it's you like you just from the very beginning, you don't know much. And so really as, as much as you can learn from all of like the business things that people are telling you, you can't really like actually learn it until you go through it and then like tweak it from there. So you have to actually like experience the struggle and like the bad, you know, website or whatever, and then <laughs> learn from that. So, which is, it's tough, tough to go through that, but it's essential to your business. Yeah. And I think like just kind of learning how to do everything in the beginning, because mm -hmm. if you if you start off and you have like a you have a business partner, you have somebody who really knows audio or media or all these things, mm -hmm. you don't get the chance to learn it yourself. So if you have to put it out there, then it's like if you lose that person, oh, shit, how do I do all this stuff? Yeah, well, and that's like that's kind of like Lane uh, right now, like with his business because he works for Rosti. And so they kind of do all of the business side of things 
for him. And so he doesn't really know how to do any of that stuff. And since out of school, he's worked for them. So he, he doesn't really know any of that side of things. So if he ever were to start his own, um, he would have to learn all of that. Which is, I can help a little bit since I know more now. So like that'll kind of help it still. <laughs> yeah. What, um, like, what do you do specifically? I think we'll kind of get there and then we'll kind of get into your journey through CrossFit. But what are you what are you up to now? What's your your main thing that you're doing? Yeah, so I have my own business called Ingrained Nutrition. Um, and so I do one on one nutrition coaching with people. And so I'll help them like I'll give them prescribed macronutrients and calories. But not only that, because a lot of people, I think, just do that. And I think um, there's so much more to it than that. So I also do like lifestyle and mindset coaching as well. Um, so things like helping with sleep and, you know, habit forming and, um, you know, stress management, things like that. Um, and then I also do like we'll do like you know, weekly measurements and things like that, um, to track progress. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's the gist of my nutrition coaching business. Yeah. I was even thinking as, as, um, I was getting ready for this, just like, what do you think, like what stops people? There's all these macro calculators online. Mm -hmm. If you know how to count macros, why do you think that you would even need a nutrition coach? Because I can go on any of these websites and just put in my height and weight, how much I exercise, and it spits out pretty much right. a general general rule. It's obviously not going to be as personalized to you, but like, what, what do you think is, is good for the people who already know what they're doing at least a little bit? Yeah, that's a great question because I, I get this a lot because they're like, well, why do I need that if I have all of these things online? And the thing is, is even the formula that I use to create the beginning macronutrient and calorie prescription for people, we will be, you know, we're always changing that. So whatever general thing, you know, formula, whatever that we come up with in the beginning, people are so so different and everybody like their lives are different their stressors are different their you know goals are different and so when i give them that beginning you know prescription i meet them where they're at and i don't just throw out like say someone's eating like a thousand calories for you know that's their normal thing if my goal is to get them to 2500 calories i'm not just gonna start them off at 25 and maybe this macro calculator will give them 2500 they'll be like oh my gosh like how am i supposed to eat that and then they try and then they fail because it's just like that's not sustainable and so kind of what nutrition coaches do i'm sure a lot do this is they like ease them into that so they you know adapt their body to that amount so they'll start by 1300 calories then they'll go up to 1500 and then they'll go up to 16 and so on building them up to that 2500 that they're supposed to be at and so it's i think that's the biggest problem with people just you know doing the macro calculator online or whatever and it is a good starting point to them to kind of get an idea but um i think if you really want to dial that in working with a nutrition coach is like the best thing you could do because it helps like kind of you know ease your way into that amount of calories um and that those specific macronutrients as well so I think that people, um, you know, you can use a general one, but it's just not specific to you and your goals and your person and your like your body, you know, because like I said, everyone's so, so different. So it's it's hard to just do a generalized macronutrient. And that's and that's kind of why I've never done that myself. People are like, oh, Taylor, can you give me macros? Can you just give me like I'll pay you like, you know, 50 bucks or whatever to just give me. And I'm like, 
that sounds like appealing, obviously, like, oh, I'll just give everyone macros for $50. But it's just not I, I would be doing that person harm if I just gave them random macros. So the long winded answer to your, <laughs> your um, question, I, I think it's people are too different to just give a generalized plan and same with diets and things like that as well. Yeah. And that example, if you're eating a thousand calories and then you bump right up to 2,500, you're just going to gain weight. Even though, even if that's your maintenance, you're going to probably put on a lot of weight at first if you don't ease into it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's stressful for your body to just like jump up to that amount of calories. And so I actually have a client right now and he's like, I told him kind of where I eventually want him at. And he's like, okay, I'll do it right now. And I'm like, no, let's like reel it back. I know you want to do it and I know you really, but like your body's not going to respond well if we just like shoot your calories up that much, even though that's where your body needs to be right now. Like that amount of calories is what you should be at. Like we need to ease into it. So it's like, you know, so it's, it's a process and some people have a harder time than others, like with that concept. But, um, that's, you know, a big thing that I do and I don't just, you know, shoot people up to that amount of calories. I guide them through it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And I mean, you mentioned stress, like stress on the body. There's, um, yeah. I think a lot of people, you only think of stress as negative. One of the, the, um, places that I went to, I was just in San Diego and we went to a breathwork seminar and they were oh, saying, that's great. yeah, they were saying, um, the guy Corey was saying, you don't like stress. You love stress. And people, <laughs> you know, people, when they think of stress, they think of anxiety, you know, running late for work, all those things, having a bunch on your plate, but stress it can be good too, like eating, eating a ton of vegetables and really dialing in your, in your nutrition is stressful for your body, but it's all good stress. Right. I think uh, mm -hmm. that's definitely like an underutilized thing that people, you know, you kind of, you want to run from stress all the time. We yeah. only think of it as negative. For sure. And like things like ice baths and saunas and things like that, like those are really stressful for your body, but it's like, it's making your body stronger. So it's like, it's, you know, you're, you're exposing it to a small stressor, like a cold plunge or a sauna, and then you become stronger because of that. And same, like what you said, like vegetables or eating a certain amount of calories or whatever, like a little bit of stress of these good stressors can be really beneficial to your body for sure. Now there is a point where it can be excessive and like, you know, we need to dial certain things back, the other stressors outside of, um, you know, certain things. So there's definitely a balance for sure. Yeah. Well, and, and I guess like, even if you're doing, if you're super stressed out already, mm -hmm. adding those small stressors in like the cold plunge in the sauna might not be the best idea at that time. Yes, exactly. And in my, that's, in my opinion, I think, you know, and doing hit workouts and, you know, too many hit workouts or, you know, doing, you know, an excessive amount of calories, even like for, for some of my clients, I want to increase their calories, but they are so stressed out. Um, I just had a client who he knew our plan was to increase it the next week. And I was like, Hey, how was your week? And he was like, honestly, it was so stressful. Like work was really hard. I was getting ready, you know, for the, the baby that's coming, whatever. And like just so many things. And I was like, Hey, let's stay where we're at for this amount of calories for another week. And he's like, Oh my gosh, thank you so much. He's like, I was, I was so worried you were going to increase my, and I was like, and he's like, how did you know that we should stay? And I was like, I just, you know, I listen. And if, if you are really stressed out, increasing your calories like that is 
the type of stressor that we don't want to add in right now, you know? So we really want to just like keep other things level and even like high intensity workouts. If you, if you are just stressed out of your mind, adding that into your day, like into, you know, five days a week or whatever is going to be worse for you. And I love high intensity, like I'm CrossFit all the way. And so, but I, I really think certain people need to dial it back a little bit. So, but like you said earlier, it can be a really beneficial thing in the right circumstances for sure. Yeah. I think it's, it's easy to just kind of lay out a general rule of thumb for everybody. Hey, you should work out between three and five days a week. This is how much you should be eating. And obviously I'm sure you see it. It's so different with everybody. Yes. Drastically different. <laughs> I'm sure that's tough. Like as a nutrition coach, cause sometimes it's gotta be like, Hey, let's just plug and play and see if this works. And if it doesn't, yeah. like we got, we have to slow down. And I'm sure, like, do you find that people are looking for quick results? Like, if you yes. make a change, <laughs> they're like thinking it's going to work in a week. Yeah. And so that's why I make sure that I, you know, make it clear to them that like, Hey, this might not work for your body. This might not work for where you're at right now. And so we need to kind of play with some things. And so you need to realize that we might not see results this quickly. Um, and so, and, and like you said, everybody's so different. So that means that whatever we like try might not be the thing for them. So like we kind of have to play with some things. And so and, and that's really hard for people to understand because they want that quick fix. They want that instant result. So it's really important on my end to educate them and to make sure they realize that it's this isn't for the long journey. Like this is, I'm, I'm really big about sustainability and like making this your lifestyle for the rest of your life, not just a 30 day quick fix. And so, yes, it's very hard for um, people to kind of see that sometimes, but once I kind of explain and like, they're like, oh yeah, I do want this to be something for the rest of my life. Then they, you know, they understand and they're like, okay, like I'll, you know, be okay with it. For now, you know, so what made you even want to get into nutrition in the first place? Yeah. Um, so I actually went through half of chiropractic school, um, with my husband Lane. He was ahead of me, but, um, he, yeah, I went through half and then the whole world shut down from COVID in 2020. And at that point I'd kind of taken, you know, I've taken a couple nutrition classes in my undergrad and then also in grad school. Um, and I loved it. I loved those classes. Like those were, you know, I found a lot of passion in those classes and I didn't really love the chiropractic classes. Like we would put our hands on people. It'd be like the classes everyone was like stoked about. And I like, I was like, mm, I don't really like, this isn't my passion. And so um, when everything went online, Lane had graduated that year. So we were, he was moving to um, Austin once things like, you know, kind of went, uh, not went away, but like at the end of 2020. <laughs> and so he was moving to Austin. So I was trying to transfer my credits from chiropractic school and they weren't transferring. Um, and so we had a decision. We're like, well, I could either stay here in Iowa um, and finish out school and spend another hundred grand <laughs> of loans, or, you know, I could switch paths and I could switch to something that I really am passionate about, spend a little less amount of loans, <laughs> of loan money, and, you know, kind of go with him to, to, um, Texas. And so that was the decision to, I switched and got my master's, um, or I started my master's in nutrition and human performance. 
And then that was all online. So I could take it wherever I went. Um, and so we, then we moved to Austin and then I finished that out and then started my business. So yeah, nice. that was kind of my, my transition story. So it was hard. It was a very hard decision because like I had already spent, you know, whatever, a hundred grand in the chiropractic school. So it's like, it's, it was so hard for me to make that switch, but also I needed to be true to myself and I needed to, you know, not just do this for other people and just for like finishing the degree and whatever, you know, like it's, it's a very hard thing, but also I needed to follow my passion and, and, also, eventually, Lane and I could have our own thing where, you know, he I did nutrition, he did chiropractic, and we kind of, you know, had that together, which might be something happening in the future. So, yeah. I totally did that. Just finished the degree because I was so deep into it that I'm just, yeah. now I'm 28 and just completely backtracking. <laughs> It's so hard because like you do spend all the money, you spend the the time. I spent a lot of time in, in school and on tests and it was a very hard time in chiropractic school. So like it was hard. And so I totally get that. Like it's, it, I could have just finished it and then, you know, maybe I would be a chiropractor now and like maybe I'd make more money even, but like it wouldn't be my passion. So you just have to, you have to find that balance for sure. And if you were like almost done, then maybe it was smart for you to finish it. I'm not telling people not to finish their <laughs> degrees and just like follow their passion and whatever, you know, it's, it's, de there's definitely a, a balance to it. So yeah, for sure. Do you, uh, do you like Texas more than Iowa? Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> I love, I love it here. Austin is amazing. And we, so we're originally from Illinois and then we moved to Iowa for school, um, which they're really not much different. At all. <laughs> um, they're the same thing. Um, and then, yeah. Texas is just so much better. It's so much warmer. <laughs> Most of the year, we did have a freeze a couple weeks ago, but um, it was like a week long and then it was back to 70s. So we're like, <laughs> it's, and there's a lot more to do, I feel like, outside and just there's a lot of people to connect with that want to connect in the health and fitness like realm. And so it's, it's really cool. We love it. Yeah. We, my girlfriend and I went to Austin, I think last year. We just didn't, yeah. we didn't plan enough. Like we didn't have any, we didn't really have any activities. So we kind of got there and we're, we, I don't know. I just thought, I thought it was going to be bigger. Like I just thought it was going to, I don't know. I thought it was going to be different. Like, yeah. I, I know like people are active and it's funny. Like I live in Pennsylvania right now and mm -hmm. there's not that many active people and everywhere we've been, we went to San Diego, Austin, Tucson, and there's just people who are active everywhere, running, jogging, yeah. biking. And I'm just like, nobody does that in Pennsylvania. Like, yeah, they, they don't really in Illinois or Iowa either. <laughs> I mean, it's so cold too. Like, you, do yeah. you really want to run when it's 20 degrees out? Right. No, most people don't. Yeah, it's, well, yeah, I think when, if you're here and you, you know, you don't have a plan, it's, it's tough because like, you know, you're like, where do I go? Or like, where do I, so I think like, if you come back, let me know because we got to show you the cool parts. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's funny when I travel, like I just try to do, I like to do my routine just somewhere else. Like I, I like to find gyms and like still lift, still do everything and try to like, cause I think a lot of people, when they go on vacation, it's like, Hey, it's vacation. Like we go out to dinner every night, we sit on the beach and I want to actually experience like, hey, we go to this CrossFit gym, go try this jujitsu gym. And like, I, and I think that's the best way to meet people. Obviously, if you're into fitness, 
if you want to like if you're into the bar scene and that's like your thing then yeah do that but there's also that here as well <laughs> yeah there's lots of gyms and also lots of bars <laughs> yeah and um i'm thinking like back to when you're getting your master's in nutrition like are they mm -hmm. do they preach sustainability as much as you do or is that something that you kind of have to implement on your own things so are you just learning more of the science and then the people stuff is kind of up to you yeah. So a lot of it was science, a lot of science, which is good. And um, a lot of good, I think, foundation. It was a really good, you know, foundation to have and to learn. But and we did a couple, you know, and it depends like what route you go in school. Like some if you're going the dietitian route, then they'll do, you know, clinicals and stuff in hospitals and things like that. But um, in my experience, we had a couple case studies here and there, but it was a lot of you know, it, it wasn't a real person. So I think like whatever's in the book is very different than real life. And so what you learn in school is, you know, it's a good thing to have as a foundation, but then like from there, you have to kind of go out on your own and like learn yourself, like how to handle people, how to handle the individual situations. Um, so I actually got my working against gravity certification and then I'm currently working on my nutritional coaching institute certification. And so those things really helped me like with the individual person and like how to kind of handle certain situations. And then from there, it's kind of like you just have to learn on your own, you know, like kind of learn because there's so many different types of people. So like you have to learn how to kind of adapt as you go. Um, it's never a set like here's the book, here's what this person is going to do. And this is what you need to do for this person, like, and so on. So I just think it's, it's a lot of experience that I think you help, it helps like you grow in different ways and kind of adapt to each person. How do you, how do you sift through like everything that's kind of online now? Like, even if you look at popular nutrition people who have a big following, regardless of if they're like smart, credible people or not, like you have people who are totally carnivore, totally keto. Mm -hmm. I think, um, like, is there anything you do personally to sift through that stuff and find the good information, but also ignore the absolutes and the thing that kind of divides mm -hmm. people? Yes. Yeah. So what I do personally is I just kind of look at all the information out there and what I've learned myself from school and, and certifications and things and what I experience through like clients and things. And then what I learned from like all the big social media people that are, you know, preaching nutrition and stuff. I look at kind of all that and I bring it together and I'm like, okay, what makes sense to me? What is true to me and like what I believe? And that's kind of what I like, you know, what kind of I preach. And so I just look at everything, try to be really non-biased about it and just like really, um, you know, listen to everybody, be open-minded about things and just like, you know, take it all in. And then from all of that, you know, really dialing in what I believe and then preaching what, what that is. And so for people who are like on drastic spectrums of like carnivore diet, keto diet, like only fruit diet or only vegans or vegetarians or whatever, um, whatever that is, I think it's, you know, it works for them. And so certain people, yes, like these diets might work really well for them and good for them. Like if, if that works really well for you and it's something that they want to continue to do for the rest of their life, fine. You know, like that's, that 
it certain diets work for certain people even like intermittent fasting or you know like certain things like that but when it comes to the majority of people these types of diets are not gonna work for them <laughs> because it's not sustainable they're very drastic they're cutting things out and i think for the majority of people that's not gonna work for them because <laughs> people don't like cutting things out people don't like being restrictive they don't like you know doing something like super hardcore and then even the 75 hard i think is is tough for some people because they go drastically you know cut out these things do all these things a thousand percent and then when they're done they kind of go the opposite way and so i think also long-winded answer for you know i think it's it's important to kind of look at all the information that's out there and not just like there's no absolutes so you can't just say like the carnivore diet is for everyone like everyone should do it or vegetarian or veganism is is for everyone they should all do it like everyone's so different and like we've been preaching the whole you know time like everyone's so different and so different diets and different you know perspectives and things work for different people yeah i think you just kind of have to look at what everybody's saying because there's there's always things that people agree on and yeah. uh, if you kind of take that from everybody, like look at what everybody's saying. So eating meat is probably pretty healthy. Like every, yeah. everybody's kind of saying that besides the vegans and the vegetarians. But I think we're kind of on the same page with that. So like, okay, we can think meat's probably like pretty good for you. If you're eating yeah. like, you know, organic grass fed, obviously better. There's quality, all that stuff. Like it, it all plays a factor, but like you really have to. And I think it takes time too. like even if you don't want to get your own nutrition coach, like you got to really do some research and you got to be the person who's in the aisles at the grocery store reading the food labels. And yeah, like exactly. Really, I think it does take time. And if you want to have really good health, you're going to need to take a lot of time on that. It's right. not like you can do 50% and then be really healthy. Right. Exactly. hundred percent. I totally agree. As a, um, well, let's kind of get into your CrossFit your CrossFit journey. Cause I think too, that's important. Like you as an athlete, I'm sure there's things that you wouldn't tell yourself as a nutrition coach, like being a high level athlete as well. So let's kind of get into how you found CrossFit and competing and all that. And then we can kind of backtrack into nutrition and kind of what, what you would go against your CrossFit self. <laughs> yeah. So I started CrossFit when I, in 2015, when I was a senior in high school, um, my uncle actually, he did it. And so he kind of got my parents and I in it. I did like, there was like a teens class or maybe it was sophomore or junior year. I, anyways. Um, yeah. So there was a teens class that I started and I really enjoyed it. I was actually an ice skater before that um, for 11 years. Um, so I did that for a long time. And then I kind of dabbled in CrossFit here and there. Um, and then I, I really enjoyed it. So I was like, okay, I'm going to stop doing ice skating and like go all in on the, this CrossFit thing. And so from then on, like, and I'm a super competitive person. So I, from then on, I was like, I want to do competitions. Like I want to compete in this and like, I want to train in this. And like, so I, um, I really just dug deep into that. And then um, we moved to, so that was in Illinois, and we moved to Iowa for the, um, for school, and we started at CrossFit OC3, and so that gym, they have been to the games lots of times, so it was a very competitive gym, which was kind of a perfect environment for, you know, Lane, because he competed in CrossFit for a little bit, and then also me, um, and so we were there for a few years, and then we moved here, 
um, which the team that I competed with last year, they are all here. So I met them last year and we started competing together and that was a lot of fun too. So that was kind of a wrapped up uh, <laughs> my CrossFit journey. <laughs> so how do you get on a team? Like, do you, do you get recruited or you kind of just show up you at can. a gym? <laughs> you can, yes. So you can kind of get recruited or you can kind of, and I sort of kind of got recruited in a sense. Um, so one of, yeah. So, um, you can get recruited or you can kind of just like be at the gym that you're at and, and, uh, just kind of, you know, through the open and which is this week, actually through the open and through, um, quarterfinals and everything you have to qualify to be on a team and you have to do all these together. So if you guys are at the same gym and you're doing all these things together and four of you, two guys and two girls end up being good enough to make it past quarterfinals into semifinals then you're like oh like we you know we made it and so then from there it's semifinals and then games so yes you can be recruited or you can kind of just like be at the same gym and make a team yeah i'm, I'm sure it's a lot more difficult than you're making it seem like you guys yes because i mean <laughs> it is it's very difficult yeah <laughs> especially the the team stuff it it seems like it just gets more competitive each year there's a lot of people who do the individual and then they go over to the team. Yes, everybody, everybody's doing that now. I feel like <laughs> they're making these super teams that are, and now the rules are a little bit different this year. So now you can really make super teams. And so like, I know a lot of teams that are coming out of, you know, from being individual to team. So um, it's interesting for sure. What's your prediction for 23.1? Do you do that? I don't, I'm not very good at like guessing, <laughs> but you know, I think it might be something with a kettlebell because they have been, you know, people have been talking about kettlebells. They had the kettlebells in the equipment list for the open. And so, and that's something that's new. So I'm sure the first one's like, here's the kettlebell first time we've ever used it. And like, so it'll be like something with the kettlebell. I don't know what, I'm not sure if it'll just be a kettlebell swing or if it'll be something like more intricate, like a kettlebell snatch or something. Not sure. Okay. We'll have to go yeah. back in uh, two days from now and see. Yeah, and then see if it was kind of right. <laughs> yeah, I feel like everybody who does that, you, you kind of see people get hyped up for the Open and everybody wants to guess yeah. it's going to be burpee box jumps. And I feel like people are I, always yeah. wrong. Yeah, I've never been one to guess because of that. I'm like, no one actually knows what it's going to be. And like even in the past when Dave Castro like posted all of the like hints, nobody could figure them out like they were never never even close so like i was just like forget it i'll just wait to see like what it is so you were always competitive but was there was there a, a time or a, a moment where you said like i can be good at this i can really do this and kind of pursue it um just more on like a you know, I think like the stages of CrossFit, you kind of get into those local competitions. Maybe you're pretty good locally, yeah. but there there's really big levels to the amount of people who are good in their gym versus people who are good in the region versus like semifinals, all that. Was there, was there a moment where you're like, okay, I can be, I can be pretty good at this. I don't know, because I feel like it's just kind of, it, that's always been something that's been tough for me, like mentally is, is, am I good enough for this? Am I able to like make it to that next level? And I think that's actually what's held, held me back a little bit. Um, because that part's really important to it. But I think really the biggest time, because I did a lot of local competitions that all the time, like that was my big thing. And when we were at OC3, they're obviously super competitive, like I said, and so like, 
that kind of sparked it a little bit more because I'm like, oh, like I'm working out with games athletes. Like, obviously I'm not the same level as them, but like it's, it's, it kind of pushes you in a different way. And then when we moved here and when I started at the gym I'm at now, um, when they kind of recruited me, like that's kind of when I was like, oh, like I could be on this team, like, and I could be at that level like that's crazy like it was just it was kind of like a that was a big moment for me because I just never thought I mean not that I never thought but like I just thought I was like a few more years like I need years down the road like of training and so that was a big moment for me so that was cool that's awesome yeah Mm kind of and everybody needs that validation like yeah to to really pursue it maybe you would have gotten to a high level regardless, but to push you to the next yeah. point, like you kind of need that outside validation. Yeah, and in, in a sense, but I also think that your like internal validation is is almost more important because no matter how many people tell you you're good enough, like you aren't going to believe it until you actually believe it yourself. And so it's important to, I think, and, and this is something I've been working on for a long time, but like just you are like, you have to see yourself as that athlete in the, you know, in that level, whatever level you want to be at, like, you have to see yourself there, whether or not you're actually there. Once you see yourself there, you will make leaps and bounds to actually get there, you know? And so it's, it's really big to have that internal validation because then like the external, like, yes, those help obviously, but I think the most important one is the internal one. Do you have anything that you did specifically to help you work on that, like mindset, books, or kind of working with a coach, anything like that? Yeah. Um, so a lot of it is is a lot of like either meditation or journaling um, and a lot of just like, like literally during workouts, just kind of envisioning like, you know, it seems silly, but like envisioning yourself working out like as the person that you want to be like. So like, I don't know, like, for example, like Katrin or someone or Tia or whatever, whoever the top athletes are kind of envisioning yourself as those people. Um, I think that's a really big thing. And also like just that positive, you know, like I can do this. And it seems so silly, like small little things like you've got this, you can do this, like you're good enough. You can make it there. Like little things like that really, really help in the long run. And also like journaling, like where you want to be and seeing yourself instead of saying like i want to be here i can do this i can't saying like i am this or i like i am a games level athlete or i am like saying these things in that form really make a big difference um meditating on it visualizing it so like you know closing your eyes and just like visualizing yourself being there um that's a really big thing as well so just kind of like a little bit of all that and it, it takes time it's really hard to just be like okay i'm gonna do this and meditate and journal and visualize because it's those things take time to like grow and build in yourself so i think that's been happening over the past couple years for me for sure what do you do um it's funny i always like to ask people like what they do specifically i know it's not going to work for everybody but like what's your your meditation practice are you sitting there before the gym closing your eyes like how do you how do you kind of go about it yeah so meditation's always been like a hard thing for me because like i just don't like sitting still in the quiet like i hate it and so for me um i've been i do a lot of um 
more guided meditation. So like there's different apps out there and stuff um, for meditation specifically. Um, but for visualization, a lot of times I'll just like focus on my breathing, um, like through my stomach. And then I'll just kind of like sit there and it can be like five to 10 minutes, but I'll just sit and like focus on breathing and then visualize like where I want to be or visualize the workout for that day. Um, and what we've been doing recently, actually, which I really like, um, my coach has had us do this is a lot of breath work, which can also be a form of meditation, but it's also, it's different. It's same, but different. <laughs> so for me, that's a, a version of meditation. And so we'll do like um, three three seconds of breathing in, um, eight seconds of breathing out and then hold for 10 seconds. So we've been doing that, you know, for cycles. And so that's a lot of, um, it's really good. But I love doing the breath work. I actually used to hate it and I am starting to like it now. Um, but anyway, so yeah, that's part of it, part of the routine. And so I, I'm always tweaking and getting better at it, but the visualization part, yeah, I'll, I'll sit and just like breathe and put my stomach or my hand on my stomach um, and just feel the breathing and just like really visualize where I want to be. Or if there's a competition coming up, I'll visualize myself at the competition and like being successful in certain movements and things like that. That's good. Um, you know, the more experience I've gotten competing, I've noticed like, I don't want to say the training doesn't matter, but I think the training doesn't matter as much as you think it does. Um, mm -hmm. because you kind of, and you, you kind of build it, especially like as an Olympic weightlifter. And I know you dabbled in weightlifting a little bit. It's, yeah. it's very easy to, you, you get caught up cause you're training for three, four months, doing a, a couple different cycles, getting ready for the meet. And you got six lifts on the platform. Like you're, you're always thinking about these six lifts and it's, it, it comes and goes so fast. But I think like even talking to everybody, the usually people are really successful when they believe they're going to be successful. Not if they had the best training leading into it, or if they didn't have any distractions, they didn't have any injuries. I think, and I'm sure you see the higher level that you've gotten. It's just unrealistic to not think you're going to stay injury free or not think that things right. are going to come up where you can't train. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I think there's so much more than just training itself. Um, and like I said, like we've been doing a lot of a lot of things outside of just our training um by itself so we've been doing like the breath work and also like some more visualization and like just you know and the nutrition obviously is a big part and sleep and recovery and things like there's just so much more outside of just the training itself and so yeah i th i definitely agree like there's so much more to it um especially if you want to be at that high level like you have to be doing all of the things actually lane recently he's been you know, he had the elbow injury um, with his snatch. And so that was like detrimental for a while. So he started doing like, you know, a lot of visualization, like visualizing the lift. And sometimes he would visualize like he told me he's like, I don't know why, but like I keep thinking of failing and I don't mean to do that. And I'm like, well, I was like, it's just a part of the process. And so it's visualizing is something you have to like practice just like anything. And so like, you know, that's a part of the sport that's really important too. And so like continuing that visualization that you're making the lift, making it, making it. And sometimes you'll fail it. You bring yourself back to, you know, you're like, okay, just like bring it back and, you know, practice in your head, making the lift and so on. So I think there's so much more than just training. I totally totally agree yeah and i mean all the things that you're doing and all the things that i'm trying to do like it's 
more just like chasing presence, like chasing the things that make you stop and like you have to breathe and focus on focus on where you're at right now. I think the more that you can mm-hmm. do that, the easier it's going to be when you're in those stressed out states like competition. Yes, for sure. Absolutely. So the like we talked about those mini stressors doing the sauna, doing the cold plunge. If you're if you're able to do that, like it it, it is some form of training. It's not going to give you the same adaptation as doing a hard CrossFit class, but you're still going to get something out of that. Right, or the or the breath work. Like that's been super helpful to me lately and that's like can be essential to your training like that's part of your training is doing the breath work like before after your workout or whatever so yeah that's there's there's other things you can be doing to be at the level you want to be at I guess the hard part is like you can't quantify how good doing breath work makes you like is that a yeah is that a one percent increase or is that a five percent increase you don't know it's probably like maybe a 0.5% every day if you do it every day, you know? And so I think, and and really, I think the biggest thing is I've been no- noticing since we've been doing it the past couple months um, in my workouts, my, like, my cardio workouts are just so much better. Like I feel so much more like I'm still breathing heavy and it's not like it's like a walk in the park, but it's, I'm like, okay, I'm able to continue doing the movements I'm able to continue in the workout even though I'm still breathing heavy but like I can handle it better so it's it's in that way it's cool to see sometimes I still like die in in cardio workouts but you know it's those little tiny percentages that you see each day or over the course of a couple months that make the difference have you read the book breath by James Nestor no but I'm pretty sure Lane has it and I I think I definitely need to read it (laughs) Yeah, I'd recommend that one a lot. And he talks about nasal breathing for performance too. And just like, cool. I think especially like you kind of see everybody in CrossFit, like everybody's breathing so heavy and through their mouth. And if you, if you try it one time, if you try to nasal breathe, you're not going to be able to go as fast as you normally go. But if you do that over time, it is going to show some benefits in your performance. For sure. I've definitely heard that. And I, I need to get on reading that. He has so many books. He's like, you need to read this. And the, he he loves books. So <laughs> Yeah, that's how I am with my girlfriend. I'm like, you need to read this, even though she probably wouldn't be interested in it at all. <laughs> I'm more of I think I'm more of like an audiobook person. So I need to get like in podcast person. So like I need to get on that a little bit better than just actually like sitting and reading. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you have to do what's good for you, too, at the same time. Yeah, true, true. What what do you think you do as a CrossFit athlete that you wouldn't tell your nutrition clients to do? Like, is there is there anything, I don't yes. want to say dirty, <laughs> but like any dirty things that you have to do to maintain your CrossFit performance that you wouldn't want everyday people doing? Yeah, absolutely. So, and this is something I would tell a performance athlete as well. Like it's totally different than the everyday athlete. So things I do is I eat, you know, some candy in between sessions or after a session to get a quick, you know, quick sugar in me. Um, So I'll do like the little Annie's gummies that um, they have little packets. So I'll do those, um, especially during competitions, but I'll do that during training as well. I will eat like sometimes I don't, oh, I don't always like track my macros. I just kind of eat as much as I can because I struggle with eating personally sometimes. <laughs> so I just like try to sustain my training by eating like as much as many carbs as I can, which I wouldn't necessarily tell everybody that. 
I eat a lot of like bread and, you know, cereal and things like that, which I wouldn't tell an everyday athlete or an everyday person to do. Um, But I make sure like I'm making sure that I'm eating enough to fuel my performance. And that's my sole goal. It's not for looks. It's not for health necessarily right now. It's I mean, some of it's for health, but like it's mainly for performance. That's my sole goal. And so people who have different you know, goals, if they have just health or if they have just performance or just how they look, there's different ways you're supposed to eat for each, each one. So for me, yeah, the, the candy that I eat, or sometimes I'll do, um, you know, what else I'm trying to think of, like what I, I'll do a lot of, like, I don't eat a whole lot of vegetables, like before, like around my training sessions. So like mainly I'll keep them to nighttime. Um, and so I don't eat vegetables throughout the day, which I would tell somebody, yeah, you should eat vegetables throughout the day, you know, and, and have it in a lot of your meals, but the fiber and the vegetables causes like some stomach upset during workouts. So I don't do a lot of, and, but I drink greens, which helps get the nutrients I need in without causing the stomach upset. So, um, that kind of, helps for that too. So yeah, those are kind of my like dirty secrets that I (laughs) wouldn't tell somebody to do as an everyday person. (laughs) Do you think there's like a percentage that you should maintain as an athlete? Like obviously the more that you go towards the breads and the cereals and the candy, you can take that too far, obviously. Do you think there's like a breakdown 70, 30, 80, 20? Like how, how would you kind of give your performance athletes like you got to eat enough for training but also if all of your food is pop tarts and cereal yeah just I yeah and so some people might disagree with me but my personal opinion is like definitely like the 80 20 um and so I don't think that athletes should just eat junk all the time like if you're eating crap you're gonna feel like crap so uh, I don't just eat garbage all the time I eat you know um I eat whole grains, you know, bread, if I'm eating bread or even cereal, I'll eat organic bread and cereal, even though that, that doesn't make it healthy. I'm just saying, but also <laughs> it, you know, it helps. <laughs> and so things like that, even the gummies I eat are organic. <laughs> so like things like that, I, I don't just like eat trash all the time. I, I still look at the ingredients. I still make sure that I eat, um, sorry, that I eat, um, you know, fruits and vegetables in my diet, I make sure I drink the greens and like, eat enough protein and things like that. Like, I don't eat just like trash pop tarts, or like, um, just like, you know, pizza all day every day, I do eat pizza sometimes, but (laughs) that's, there's definitely a balance to it. And I think that's important, because you want to still get the nutrients as an athlete, like, you need all the nutrients to help you perform better. Now you also need you know, you need the macronutrients and you also need the micronutrients. So you need that balance. And so, um, to perform at your best. So there's definitely a balance in, in eating, you know, foods that are easy, easily absorbed, like in your body, like quick sugars, um, around your workout time versus outside of your workout time, eating whole foods that are going to give you those nutrients, those micronutrients that you need. Do you do anything like different on training days versus non-training days? Like if you're a rest day, are you limiting the cereal and the sugar? I'm talking like you're eating like sugar and stuff all day. I know you're not, but uh, like do you, on days that you're not training, do you kind of cut back on those things a little bit? 
Well, so I won't, I won't eat like any of the gummies or like any candy or anything on the days I don't train because I don't, I'm not going to be using it as much. So I'll keep the carbs the same. Like I won't change my amount of carbs that I'm eating, but I'll change the, the types of carbs. So like, I won't be filling, you know, the carbs with the, you know, carb shake that I'll drink after my workout with the protein or the gummy bears that I eat. Like I won't be doing that on days I don't train because I'm not utilizing that, but I'll try to get it from more whole food sources. Okay. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I don't know. That used to be, I think like a couple years ago is more like a hot topic. Like, should you be eating less carbs on the days that you're not training? And you can really get, you can obviously get into the weeds on all these things, but if you're doing like if that 80, 20, like if you're doing 80% of the things good, you're probably going to be in a pretty good spot. Yeah. And I, I definitely think with the, you know, if you're eating the same amount during the week, even on your best days, you're really making sure those glycogen stores in your body are full so that when you're training the next day, you have that energy. Now, if you lower your carbs the day before you might not have those stores filled so that you can use them when you're training. And so I think it's really important to keep it the same so that you can get that, you know, sustained energy throughout the week. And also our bodies love consistency. So if we can keep that consistent each day, our bodies are going to utilize it if it needs it. So Mm -hmm. I, but yeah, I think there's a, a lot of opinions out there of like, you know, having higher carbs or lower carbs or whatever. And so I think you just have to do what works best for you and how you feel the best. Yeah. And obviously that's going to take time. That's going to take playing with things and seeing what works best. Mm -hmm. I think as, as an athlete too, like you kind of, you want the answers and you want like, okay, whatever Taylor says I'm going to do. But a lot of times you can't get that right away. Like you're going to have to tinker with things. Yes, for sure. Definitely. And just like we talked about earlier, like you have to play with what works for you. Like what I tell people to eat before a workout, I don't necessarily tell them exactly what to eat. I give them options and like, try this out, see how you feel, try this out, see how you feel, you know, and try different things. Um, Cause some people can eat a banana before a workout and some people get a really upset stomach, you know, before a workout. So it's like, you have to find what works best for you and what, you know, what fuels you the best. It makes you feel the best. Mm-hmm. Do you do like nutrition for your team as well? No, I don't. Okay. <laughs> I think everybody has, it's kind of a, I think it's kind of a tricky situation if I were to do that, because it's like, everyone has their own like routines and it's like, it's kind of like working with your family. Like I just don't really do that because it's, it's hard to tell your family, like, no, don't eat that or don't do that. You need to like, it, it's hard to do that. And so, um, same thing with my team, like, and my group like of competitors that we have there like mine it's not mine but like the group of competitors um if i were to tell them i feel like it'd be kind of difficult to for them to like listen and so and they also have a lot of knowledge in the and and so i think that's that it would be just kind of tough to do that (laughs) i would definitely do it if they asked me for help like and if they want help i would for sure be like hey yeah like eat this or you should be eating this amount or whatever but yeah (laughs) Yeah. And you can only control so much, like, especially I'm sure as a team, as a team, like you're trying, like you have to pull your own weight. And if you're responsible for other people's things, it probably gets pretty difficult. Yeah, for sure. Yes, definitely. (laughs) Is there anything difficult about being on a team? Like what, um, what struggles do you think you have? Like 
whether it be competition wise or training wise, um, like what issues kind of come up with teammates? Yeah, for sure. So, um, I think different personalities make it tough sometimes because some people are like drastically, you know, different. So like some people are like super happy all the time and they have a lot of energy and some people are like super serious and like they have energy, but it's like very like focused and very serious. And so I think sometimes when those come together, it's like kind of clashes a little bit because they are both like, why aren't you happy? Why aren't you serious? You know? And so it's like, sometimes that causes issues, but I think good teams like make that work. And so like, even though you have different personalities and different like energy levels, I think you all kind of, you know each other. And so you know when to dial it back or to kind of give a little bit more. And so you, it's, it's like a family, it really is. And so you just kind of like make it work. Um, but I think at first, like that can definitely be challenging. And so, and, and learning each other's like training styles and each other's like bodies and like how, you know, doing synchro stuff and all that. Um, and how you respond to each other's feedback is I think a big thing too. And so, um, I know last year, you know, learning that was tough. And so, you know, learning each other's like feedback and, and way that they respond to things was definitely tough. And so, but it was a great learning experience. And I think the best teams come out of that stronger. And so it's, it's almost like important to go through like tough times together because you come out so much stronger, just like anything in life. <laughs> but I mean, really, I, you grow so much closer together because you've experienced that together. And you're like, oh, like you understand each other better. So I think that's, you know, it's, it's hard, but also like that is essential to a really good team. Yeah. Um, what was I think? Oh, the open, like, how does that mm -hmm. work with, I don't, I'm not familiar with the team. Like, do you have to do the workouts? Do they have team workouts or is everybody just responsible for doing their own individual workout? And then you kind of combine the scores. So yes, the second one basically. So, but you have to all do it at the same affiliate this year. Um, so this year they've changed a lot of rules and I'm still trying to figure out all of them that they've changed, but I know that if you want to be on a team together, you have to compete at the same gym. Like you can't do the open workout, um, like at a different gym. I know for, for me, like I'm going to the Arnold, um, to watch Lane compete on the third week of the open. And so that, you know, we were trying to figure out like how I can still do the workout at the gym that we're at, because that's essential to being on the team. So then from the open, you all do your individual workouts, but you do it at the same gym. It doesn't have to be at the same time, okay. but at the same gym. And so then they move on to quarterfinals and quarterfinals is team. They have an individual quarterfinals and a team quarterfinals. So for the uh, team, you do all the workouts together. Like there's synchro stuff in there. There's like actual team events. So that part you do all together. Okay. And the, do you yeah. have to do the individual quarterfinals too, or you just, do no. you just go team? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. You can do both, but um, yeah, you can choose. Yeah, I think the the sport just keeps evolving. It's it's crazy. The more the more CrossFit people I have on, and it's just like the rules are changing so much. And then you have all these teenagers coming in, and it's just oh my like, gosh, it's so competitive. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's crazy that the rules change every year. I feel like with you know from movement standards to how it's run to like where everything is to like it's just like constantly changing. Which is CrossFit. It's constantly changing. <laughs> constantly varied but um i think they're really starting to dial it in in my opinion i think this year they're and and it's just they're testing a lot of things out each year so but i think this year might be 
I don't know. We say that every year, but it could be the year that they finally figured out and they're like, okay, we're going to stick with this every year. <laughs> yeah, I think you almost even forget that CrossFit's so young as a sport. Like all these established sports like the NBA and the NFL, they've been around mm -hmm. forever. And CrossFit, right. they make a lot of mistakes, but the, the evolution has been so fast and like the sport has changed so much in a short amount of time. Right. And I think people are really hard on the sport because they're like, well, why aren't they like the NFL or whatever? You know, it's because they're, yeah, so young and they just have to continue evolving and learning and growing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'd love to, to kind of finish with just how you and Lane kind of balance things. Cause you're both at a high level in different sports. So I'm sure, you know, like when you, when you come home, do you try to leave it, leave the gym and just be yeah. regular people or are you kind of <laughs> always like CrossFit, weightlifting, CrossFit, weightlifting and doing everything outside of the gym all to per yeah. enhance your performance inside? Yeah. So it's, where do I start with this? So, um, yes, it, it can be really tough because he, yes, is, is a high level weightlifter and I'm a CrossFitter and like we are our lives are training and work like that's our lives right now. And so like, it's hard to find time for just us and like spend time for even tonight for Valentine's Day. Um, I was like, I forgot it was even, but um, like even tonight, I think that, you know, Lane has to go train and I'm totally okay with that. Like, I understand that. And I have to go train too. I have to, um, but then like tonight we'll probably be tired and probably just like want to cook dinner and like watch TV and go to bed versus like going out somewhere and going to dinner and like whatever. And we're both okay with that right now. And like, we know this is where our lives are right now, but in the same sense, like it's important to like, make sure we have that time to just like sit and have dinner and talk because we don't do that often. And so it's sometimes we're like, okay, we need to make sure like tonight we're just sitting and talking like, <laughs> because we don't do that too often because we're tired and we're like, you know, yes, we're recovering or I'm stre we're stretching or Lane has his boots, like the, um, nor, uh, I forget what they're called, Norma but the Tech. boots that, yeah, Norma Tech yeah. boots. Um, so he'll be sitting and doing those or like, we'll go to the sauna or cold plunge at night sometimes. Or like we're, we're constantly like, you know, if we're not training, if we're not working, we're recovering. And so like, it's just like a constant, so it's really hard to balance it sometimes for sure. Um, but we still like make sure we make those times for each other. So like, you know, we try to go for a walk together at night or like we'll have dinner with no electronics or like, I'll be like, okay, finish your notes at work so that you can't bring it home. And then same with me at six o'clock, like I try to be done with everything and shut everything off. Um, don't respond to clients, anything like just keep it away. And sometimes I'll even put my phone away and not respond to like even regular text, like not work text. So yeah, it's, it's definitely tough, but like we try to do our best every day, like to continue like working on our relationship together and like outside of training and being athletes and being, you know, chiropractor and nut nutritionist. So it's um, definitely something you have to constantly keep working towards and, um, you know, to continue because I think it's easy to, you know, not spend that time together and just be tired all the time and just be like, oh, like, I don't want to talk. Like, I've been working all day and I'm so exhausted. Like, I don't want to talk about anything. I just want to, like, sit on the couch and watch TV. And so that's easy for both of us to do. And the hard thing is just to have a conversation, which is like, 
weird to hear but at the same time we're both so exhausted we run ourselves so thin so i think it's really important in marriage to like put yourselves like understand where you're at but also continue to work like on each other and like you know spending that time together and like asking how their day was and things like that because it's it's crucial to having like a successful marriage for sure yeah and just see same thing like same thing with nutrition same thing with training like you gotta you gotta make mistakes you gotta like do stuff and hey this isn't working we gotta change this maybe you train in the morning i train in the evening like it's all it's all a learning experience for sure and like we've been trying to kind of line up our schedules to like train at the same time but it really lately it hasn't been working so we're like training at opposite times so like when i'm home he's at work or at training and then like i'm training during the day so it's like just kind of um you know we're just kind of playing with things and so you know before it's actually kind of funny because um we have like a mentor that um has talked a lot to us about like you know just business but also like our relationship and um he's like a spiritual mentor too and so um he was saying i was like you know like lane and i understand like where we're at like we don't we understand like that we're both competitive athletes. We both like spend a lot of time and energy in that. And like, we're okay with it. We're okay with like putting ourselves aside, like as a relationship. And he was like, Oh, okay. You know? And then we went to church the, um, like that week or whatever. And they were like, you need, it actually was like a couple's like a marriage matters, like, uh, you know, seminar or whatever. And so they were like, you need to constantly be working like, to make that relationship with each other and not put it on hold. It's easy to put it on hold and you'll put it on hold forever if you say that. And so I came back to the guy and I was like, I was wrong. Like, (laughs) I was like, I, you know, I said that like we, you know, are okay with it, but really it's not okay. Like you shouldn't just put each other on hold. Like you need to constantly be working, you know, and like you said, like everything, you need to constantly be working at it to make a really good marriage. And so, that's something we've sat and talked about. And so like, we really make sure to make that time for each other now. Yeah. I think the communication piece is is really big and like just letting your partner know. And yeah, obviously there's going to be times when like, Hey, maybe the open or if you have quarterfinals, it's, it's going to be different and it's okay to put it on the back burner for a week or two, but like, yeah, those long-term where you keep putting it off and putting it off. Yes. I mean, yeah, for sure. At the end of the day, like you guys are obviously super talented athletes, but there's going to come a point where you don't do that anymore. Yeah, exactly. And so, and that can't be our, like our life, our identity. And so it's, it's so important to, you know, put time and energy into people that you love around you. And so that like, when there is when you're not an athlete anymore, like, what are you, you know? So you have to really make sure to spend that time in other people and like your identity in other things other than that sport alone. Yeah. One thing I heard that really stuck with me was like, every time you train, that's one training session closer to the last time that you'll ever be able to do it. Oh my gosh. (laughs) That's a good way to look at it. Yeah, obviously it hits pretty deep, but if you yeah. if you think about that, then you know it's it's. I mean, that training session is obviously important, but like, yeah, there's going to be a time where you can't do this anymore. So right. you got to have everything else in order around it too. For sure, and so yeah, spending that time with the people that you love—your husband, your wife, whatever—like your kids, even if you're if you have kids—and like 
spending that time in them too, like and, and investing in them is really important even during this time. And it doesn't have to be like every day, like you, some days you're going to be exhausted and be like, Hey guys, like you have to just communicate. Like you said, keep that communication open. Like, Hey, I'm exhausted today. Like I have no more energy to like give. And so I just like, I'm, you know, just being open about that is really important. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, where can people find you if they want to work with you as a nutrition coach and even just kind of follow you on Instagram, see how you're doing in the open and quarterfinals, everything like that? Yeah, so you can um, email me or message me on Instagram. I'll give you my Instagram. It's taylor.palm5 is my handle. And so that's where I kind of, that's where I post most of my stuff. I do have a business account, but I kind of link it together. Um, so you can follow most of my stuff on that one. Um, and you can also email me at ingrained.coaching at gmail.com. Awesome. Well, I'll link that up in the show notes. Thanks for coming on. This was fun. Awesome. Yeah, thank you so much.